biblically, you know, according to God's mm-hmm. word, can you help me? And they go, yeah, let's talk about that, how we can move towards that. It's talk therapy. And that is what people are doing. And that is what is currently being outlawed in so many states. And it's it's not only legally being outlawed, but it's intimidating those in ministry and pastors who technically can still have, you're, you are allowed to counsel people and have those conversations, but they think that they can't. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. It's Fearless with Mark and Amber. I'm Amber Archer, your host today. This show is sharing faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, conversations with the family of believers, and showing the church at work through filmmaking. My husband and I are creating movies from a biblical perspective on issues impacting our society and culture with a mission to educate, motivate, and inspire. We are currently working on a new documentary film called The Mind Polluters about the premature sexualization of children through the education system and pornographic materials being shown in classrooms all across America. You can learn more about our ministry, about us, and our current movie by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. It's also a great place for you to make that one-time or monthly donation to help us persevere in sharing truth as far and wide as possible. This is a listener-supported program, so you become a force multiplier for truth when you partner with us through our nonprofit Fearless Features. We are a 501c3, so no matter if you give $10 or $10,000, all gifts are tax-deductible. Today, you'll get to hear a conversation I recently had with special guest Kendra White, director of the new documentary film In His Image from American Family Studios, which is a division of the nationally recognized American Family Association. Since 1977, AFA has been on the front lines of America's culture war and is one of the largest and most effective pro-family organizations in the country. So I'm excited to share my conversation with Kendra and talk about her new movie as it goes right along with our conversation we wrapped up last week with Mary McAllister, Senior Litigation Counsel with Child and Parental Rights Campaign. Now, Mary shared some of the struggles she's been facing with the transgender movement and Kendra's film In His Image presents much needed truth with compassion and clarity through powerful testimonies careful Bible teaching, and scientific evidence in regards to the topic of gender identity. So thanks for joining me today and welcoming Kendra White to the program. And Kendra, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody and just give us a little bit of background history about In His Image. Hi, thanks so much for having me on your show. It's great to be with you. Yes, so In His Image, it's called In His Image, Delighting in God's Plan for Gender and Sexuality. And um, it deals with the topics of um, same-sex attraction, transgenderism, and how as believers do we deal with those that are really struggling with these issues in a loving and compassionate way, but also a very truthful way. And um, just background on the film, I really, I was the director. I didn't want to make it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I was nobody like, wants to deal with these subjects. Nobody wants to talk about this. At yeah. first, when I was approached about this, it was like, mm. but the Lord really worked on my heart. And it's an issue that I think um, ha- touches so many lives. And as I was really praying about taking on this project, the Lord just showed me the need. And even just personally in my own family, having family members um, and friends that were deeply struggling with identity issues that go 
to the core of who they are and to see even those that were raised in the church that know the truth, but are wrestling with what does scripture say about these things? Mm -hmm. I just saw such a need um, for light to be shown. And while I was praying about this project, I was like, God, please show me your heart for the LGBTQ community, because I want to understand this issue and feel about it the way you do. May may my heart be in alignment with your heart, God. Um, And he led me to a passage um, of scripture where actually when um, when Jesus was asked to speak in the um, in the temple and he pulls out the scroll of Isaiah and he says, you know, um, that, you know, basically he, he came so that the, the deaf would um, would would hear and the blind would receive sight. And so that the prisoners would be set free. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is why he came. He is a shackle breaking God. And there's this bondage that people have and he wants them to, to have deliverance and he, he loves them, but, but wants them to walk in the the plan that he created for them. And so to get to be a part of saying that proclaiming good news to the Mm -hmm. captive, I was like, all right, sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys, you did it so well and so powerfully. Um, you have several, testimonies, personal testimonies of Mm -hmm. people who have walked in the transgender um, lifestyle, Yes, who have come out of that and even regret and now help others. Yes. Well, we have through that course, make the biblical case for Mm -hmm. what does scripture say about this issue, because that should be your foundation. But we live in a culture where experience is highly, highly esteemed. Mm -hmm. And it's sometimes you just, you can't argue with someone's testimony when they go, well, weren't you born that way? Well, you know, didn't you think you could never change? Well, yeah, I I, I thought that, but God transformed my life. And some of the testimonies we have, um, one is Laura Perry. I got to meet her through this film. So she lived um, eight years as a man and had transitioned, had had surgeries. um, I mean, was fully and completely known in her community as Jake. Um, Mm -hmm. when the Lord transformed her and got a hold of her heart. And she actually came to know the Lord first and was living as a man and thought, well, maybe I can just be a godly man. Um, Mm -hmm. And little bit by little bit, God wooed her heart and revealed truth to her and used um, this church community that had had been praying for her and um, was saying like, we know God's not done with you, Laura, and mm-hmm. transitioned back to Laura. And it's it's been so neat even since the film's release, um, watching her as, as time goes by, how the Lord has really blessed her to become more feminine. And um, it's her feminine spirit is beautiful. And she just, she glows. If you ever get yeah. to talk to Laura, she <laughs> glows. Well, it was really, it was really incredible to see just how she came back to the faith. And using her mom and I, and I, it was such a great picture and reminder, you know, and and we say it a lot and I don't remember where I first heard this, but somebody said to me one time, Amber, you may be the only Bible someone ever reads. Right. And, and I have always thought of that and it has always stuck with me. So convicting, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it is. So you, you have just loving people for who they are, where they are, but loving them enough to tell them the truth, Mm -hmm. you know, in a, in a gentle way that they can understand. So how long, how long did y'all take to make this film? 
Yeah. So um, it's been out. We we released it this past um, November. It's it's available online for anyone that wants to watch it. Of at, course. <laughs> it's at InHisImage.movie and it's on um, YouTube as well if you just type in In His Image full movie. But um, yeah, so um, about two years before that, we began the research phase and yeah. uh, of course hitting. We were so blessed. All of our interviews were locked before COVID and all of that hit, but mm. we were planning on releasing um, and that kind of threw a, a wrench in our, in our path, but we, we were holding on to it and we we're like, ah, do we wait till all of this craziness goes? And the Lord just was like, nope, people need this. Just, yeah. just put it out there and they need it now. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, and, and it's been interesting because have you seen, so you started this two years ago and, and it's now released, but in those two years, does it seem like from your perspective, things have just amplified Oh, constantly. So the research phase for this for me, because this I, this was not my issue. This was not my my background at all. Um, mm. The the research for me, I, I really wanted, of of course, to have an academic response, but to also have a very user response of what you know. I, I did a lot of my research on YouTube. What mm-hmm. are t- what are the TikToks saying <laughs> that the yeah. Bible says? Because that's where people are. Social mm-hmm. media is around us and watching what are the pro you know what um, entertainment programs are dealing with this issue. So a lot of it was pulling, and we use a lot of that in the clips because you you mm-hmm. we kind of start it with like, here's what culture says. Boom, 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 and it's all mm-hmm. around you. You know. Um, so in searching for those clips, I have certainly seen an increase over the last few years and especially in, in the school systems and, you know, it's all, it's been an entertainment for a long time, but the specific attack of bringing it to children and to really want to indoctrinate children in the, um, the library, the the library reading programs that they mm-hmm. have of drag queen story hour, yeah. you know, that the, um, just the normalizing push, normalizing it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's it's used to be one story here or there and now it's um coming to a school near you you know yeah. so it, yeah. it really is everywhere mm-hmm. well and that's why you know it was so important for us when we started making um our new documentary film the mind polluters and just education that children yes. are the target and it's yeah. getting younger and younger and that's why it was it was seeing the trauma in some of the well, all of the people mm-hmm. that you interviewed who, you know, began this lifestyle and have, you know, since detransitioned, there's always trauma attached uh, at at some point early in their life. You yes. Know? And did you find that? I did, you know, and it's something that um, a lot of times the individuals themselves don't see the connection. Yeah. Um, I've, I've since had a lot of counseling opportunities come up since releasing the film um, of individuals that have watched it. And they said, no, for me, for me, I've always felt this way since I was mm. born. And so you go, OK. Um, and then you dig a little deeper into their life and you find out that there was early early childhood trauma that happened. And I think it's helpful. Some of some of the um, the counseling programs that First Stone Ministries that we we partnered with that one of the things they do is they help you evaluate and and not that you have to know what caused it, but it is helpful in uncovering some of those hurts that often I'm not going to say always, but often Mm -hmm. um, exist and getting to the, the deep heart issues and allowing a deep healing to happen that has to happen, you know? So yeah, for all of the, um, 
the contributors that we had their personal testimonies, um, abuse was a factor for every yeah. single one of them. And it's, it's rare to find one that it's, that it's not. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's even true for those that we, that we've interviewed. There's a lot of trauma and people who are in these other ministries and organizations trying to help the youth and even families. There's, there's trauma always yeah. associated with it. And then when you have the schools, mm-hmm. you know, indoctrinating them on this lifestyle, completely confusing them. Right. I, I mean, it, it's a, it's a continual downward spiral. Yeah. And um, the conversion therapy, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the thing is that there's, they're trying to outlaw anyone that wants to help someone that has unwanted same-sex attraction. They want to completely silence any other voice. And so what, what they call conversion therapy today, um, I, puts in people's minds. I don't know if you saw the the boy erased movie that came out of, it was all about conversion therapy. And literally they have images of people beating people with Bibles and shock therapy and, you know, machines to, there is nobody that I know that is doing that. And if they are, I will be the first to step up and condemn that kind of treatment. And a lot of believers would. But what happens is that's the image that is put in people's mind for those that want to go have coffee, sit down, hear somebody share their life. And they say, I don't want to have these attractions. I want to live biblically, you know, according to God's Mm -hmm. word, can you help me? And they go, yeah, let's talk about that, how we can move towards that. It's talk therapy. And that is what people are doing. And that is what is currently being outlawed in so many states. And it's it's not only legally being outlawed, but it's intimidating those in ministry and pastors who technically can still have, <laughs> you're, you are allowed to counsel people and have those conversations, but they think that they can't. Mm-hmm. And because these laws are um, being changed, a lot of people are, are being silenced. And those that really desire help and want to know can I find freedom from this, um, are being told, no, you can't even talk about it. Right. So, so what's the church's response? I mean, what from, from you guys did a wonderful job of going through facts and going through scripture and just bringing on, you know, medical experts. We we truly live in a post-truth world and it's hard for people to see. So what's, what's your advice to people who have a, a family member, have a friend who, is struggling. Yeah. Well, we have to be, we have to be willing and ready to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And we have to get our heads out of the sand and realize that this is happening um, in our families and in our churches. And so I think every church needs to start planning to have ministry um, to help people that are struggling with these issues. And um, I think that be, that starts with becoming personally equipped with an, um, an apologetic response to the world's culture of everything that they're saying. So it's, starts with you knowing and and really knowing and being able to articulate from God's word why you believe this because it is countercultural and you are going to have people defriend you just for believing mm-hmm. what you believe. So it starts with the word of God going to to his word, knowing what it says. Um, but then there's this aspect of loving people and being um, available to them, to for those that are questioning, that are having doubts and struggles, um, being a loving place where you can communicate truth to them. I think that comes, one of the problems I think in the church that we have today is a, a lack of, of godly fellowship. Um, so we come to church and we spend, you know, Sunday morning, we go, hi, 
fine. We have like the 30 second greet your neighbor and that's all Uh the fellowship we get. Then you go home and then you're Mm -hmm. busy doing your week. Well, if there's a young person that comes into your church and you can tell they're struggling with their gender um, identity or, um, or orientation or something. And you, that's the only interaction you have. You're not going to feel comfortable going up to them and, and asking how they're doing and asking those personal questions. So I think as believers, we need to do a better job of getting involved in each other's lives, small groups. Hey, come over to my house, have a meal. Um, because then the Lord uses those moments to open up opportunities, um, to speak truth into somebody's life. So I think, I think pastors need training on this issue. Um, I think individuals, it, you can't leave it up just to the pastors, I think. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you are. We're struggling... all one body in many parts. And yes. It, that's that's scripture. I mean, we all have a part to play in this. Yes. And, and so and step up and be the one to talk to somebody, even though you might think I'm the least qualified. I didn't feel qualified and mm. I made a documentary about it. Because right. The Lord is like, I can even use Kendra, guys. <laughs> somebody say something. Oh, hey, me too. You know? I <laughs> so really, you don't have to be an expert. Just if you care about people, just know how, um, how devastating these choices are. And, and if you really look at the science, you know, of course the suicide studies are what often come up in saying why we have to affirm our children. Oh, if you don't, they're going to kill themselves. And they scare parents and they scare families into thinking that, you know, that they're on a one way train, um, to take their own life when the truth is regret, um, from, especially in the trans trans issue, doesn't hit until five years after the surgery. And all of these studies, they're not asking people the long-term effects. That's when the real depression and suicide rates increase. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the film, we talk about the, the suicide rates go up after transition. So what we're doing isn't working. It isn't helping people. If you really care about the mental health of these people, um, these loved ones, y- you need to get involved in their life. And, and, Sorry, I know you asked. <laughs> I'm no, going okay. on not that. The helping the individual, the family, if if there's not something in your in your church, um, a ministry to be able to help with, because a lot of churches don't. We need more. We need listen to me, godly counselors. If you feel that God <laughs> is calling you to counseling, please step up. Oh, it's so needed. But there are some trusted ministries that we have listed on our website at inhisimage.movie. There's three that we specifically worked with in the film. These are ministries that grew out of pain and trauma. Mm-hmm. So it's the testimonies that are in the film, the individuals that their lives were devastated by these issues, they found Jesus. He radically transformed them. They've been living a consistent, faithful, obedient life to Christ, and they've started ministries to help others. Um, there's one, First Stone Ministries, I mentioned before, um, Help for Families, um, and Sex Change Regret. All three of those are fantastic. They have parent groups that if if you have a a loved one that's struggling with this issue, that you can sign up to um, be encouraged and be a part of of a parent group. And they may be able to help point you to some godly Christian counselors in your area um, for if you have young people that are um, living under your roof that 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 want that kind of help. Yeah. I mean, even through even through the work that we're doing, we've had people reach out to us. And that's it, it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know who to send you to. I mean, yeah. I I my heart breaks. And when I get the text messages that, you know, their daughter's gone and had a double mastectomy and I'm I as a mother of three of mm. three girls, 
I mean, I just weep for what's happening to to individuals and families and Oh, it's and it's not enough to trust that they say they're a Christian counselor no. because Christians are buying into this mm-hmm. yep. this garbage garbage. Mm-hmm. It's not even scientific. We usually are accused of being on the wrong side of science, right. but this is a situation where we can literally say you are on the wrong side of science mm-hmm. and um, truth <laughs> and truth. Basic <laughs> basic biology. Basic so in and you. You are encouraging churches to have public screenings yes. of your film. So how, if they want to connect with you, how can they do that and have a screening at their church? I mean, if, if your congregation, if you're listening and you would like this film and his image to be shown at your church to help people understand just the depth mm-hmm. that that this issue is having on our nation, yes. uh, everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's a so we want people to, to just see it. We we mm-hmm. just were we don't have a licensing fee. We decided not to do that. Um, if churches are able to take up a love offering, you know, we ask that that's you know an option. But honestly, our heart is just to get it into churches. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been in a lot of prisons. We've gone into a lot of um, a, a chicken store asked permission to screen it at their church. We've had a lot of random requests. Someone wants to play it at a. Um, a minor league stadium in their city you know, and get a bunch of people together. Isn't yes, it, it is. It's because so we creative. All body. Yes. <laughs> it's so creative. And so basically the way it works is you, we have just a little form that you fill out telling us what you want to do, um, how many people you expect. And then we send you some materials um, for free and um, you can do it as a small group um, or as a, as, as a huge church screening. Some of the larger churches have done some creative things um, or they'll have a weekend. They've built a conference around this film and around this issue because their church needed it so much. And and we work with you to bring in any of the contributors in our film to come do a live panel discussion or a Q&A or a time of ministry. And we have seen some breakthrough, awesome things happen at some of these churches that have done that. And and we love our our team at First Stone and, and the three ministries that I, I mentioned, Help for Families, because what they do is they come alongside parents and they have 30 years of ministry in this. And so they, they know the question, they know the heartbreak, they know the questions you're going to ask. They have scriptures to put into your hand. Mm -hmm. They're fantastic. And, and, um, we, we do have something on our website too. We started a a prodigal prayer emphasis. So a lot of families within the church have a child that grew up in the church. That's, I've heard this story. I mean, it is tale as old as time. Mm -hmm. Oh, my child was called to the mission field. We've had people that their kids went to the mission field and came back a year later and said, I'm, I think I'm trans. You know, I think I'm, and all of this is happening to kids that have grown up in, around ministry and around the word of God. Um, and parents are devastated. What do we do wrong? You know, and they're asking these questions of themselves and trying to analyze what happened. That, of course, is, is heartbreaking. But what is the encouraging thing is there are these niches of moms and dads that are so heartbroken for their children that they're gathering together and they're having these prodigal prayer um, meetings and Mm -hmm. they come together and they get on their face before God and they fast and they pray. And guess what? God is starting to rescue and redeem their children because God hears us when Mm -hmm. we call him. Um, I think Laura, Laura Perry mentions, um, her, her mom started a prodigal prayer box at her church. And so they have a group of ladies that get together and they pray once a month and they have had, I think last I heard, 
17 individuals that were prodigals that have returned and come back to know the Lord since they started doing this. And parents love hearing that story Mm because they feel isolated and alone. And sometimes you get tired of praying and you forget to be that consistent, that, that widow that, you know, doesn't get up, that keeps knocking. (laughs) That is fantastic. It's so encouraging to hear. I mean, I, because you do feel alone. And I think, and just hearing that story of even kids who are going off to the mission field, look at the power of culture. Yeah. If, if we don't continue to gather, it's no wonder in scripture, it says, you know, don't, don't, don't get in the habit gather. of, yeah. that's right. Don't get in the habit of not gathering. Yes. <laughs> I mean, cause we need each other. And, yes. and so this has been incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all of your work and putting this film together and getting it to everyone worldwide. And, yes. and well, just, can I just say too, I'm so grateful for your work and the, <laughs> the film that you have coming out, because while we were making this documentary, the issue of indoctrinating children um, came up. And I, I said to one of our producers, I said, this topic alone could be its own documentary. Oh yeah. And so we, we barely get to, we touch on it in, in its image, but we touch on a lot of issues. And so I'm so encouraged to see that you are taking on that topic. It's coming sister. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Kinder. I appreciate it so much. Appreciate your time. Thanks for listening in to our conversation and be sure to check out Kendra's new movie, In His Image, available for you to watch today. I'll leave links for you in the show notes. And be sure to join me again on Thursday as Mark and I discuss the Parents' Bill of Rights, a roadmap for Hoosier parents and caregivers to exercise their legal rights to have a voice in their children's education, provided by our Indiana Attorney General, Todd Rokita. Have a wonderfully blessed day, friends. I'll talk to you again on Thursday.